Welcome to Ladies Who Love Christ, where we love to encourage you to build intimacy with Christ. We'll bring you insights and teachings to help you grow in your walk with Jesus, ultimately becoming the strong, godly woman you were created to be. Here's Ashley Pope Todorova. Ladies, listening in on the Ladies Who Love Christ podcast and YouTube page. My name is Ashley Pope Todorova, and I'm so excited that you are here tuning in. This week, we are covering session five, the speech of a new man from our Colossians Bible study. So get ready. Our focal passages this week are Colossians chapter four, verses two through six. And I look forward to growing in God's word with you today. Thanks so much. All right, gals. So Facebook and Zoom, now we're ready. Our focal passages is Colossians chapter four. I want you to actually turn there right now. Colossians chapter four, verses two through six. I'm gonna get there myself. Normally I'm there, normally I'm ready. Tonight's been a little bumpy, but that's okay. We can do this. Colossians chapter four, verses two through six. And then we're going to go to the context section. So now that we have that that passage up, we're going to go to the context section at the very bottom of page 87. I'm going to fast forward through some of this. John MacArthur in this Bible study book, I'm reading verbatim with what he wrote. He said, the tongue is indeed the best and worst of man. Jesus said in Matthew 12, 34, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Matthew 12, 34, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Ladies, in this passage, Jesus was teaching an important spiritual principle. Speech reflects the kind of person you are. As I wrote these things down today, and as I prepared my teaching Um, In addition to his book study here, as I wrote this down, I really highlighted that. I wrote it down on my paper because it just stood out to me. Speech reflects the kind of person you are. And as as I always tell you, every week now, tonight as we talk about uh, the new man, like we spoke about it last week, this week we're going to dive into prayer, into wisdom, into walking in wisdom, into being an example to unbelievers specifically. How are we to be an example to unbelievers? I want you to keep at the forefront of your mind, the very forefront of your mind, that our speech reflects the kind of person we are. And I always tell you, it's not enough. It's not enough to come up with a cool little quote. It's not enough to come up with a cool little saying. I want you gals to go to God's word and I want you to cultivate the habit of going to his word daily and not just taking things that people say, but lining it up and saying, what does God's word tell me about this particular issue? Not only does what does God's word tell me about this particular issue, but what does this passage teach me about Jesus? Because ladies, when you simplify things like that, there's nothing that we need in our lives. There's no book, there's no TV uh, TV show, there's no motivational uh, guru, there's nothing, ladies, and nothing that will do anything for us of any good, of any value, like modeling and emulating what Jesus taught us in his word. 
So I like how that was such an impactful statement. Speech reflects the kind of person you are. But in Matthew 12, 34, it literally says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That means that whatever in your heart, it's going to come out of your mouth. That also means, ladies, and it's a, it's a, tonight, this is a, a, a reminder for all of us. It's a reminder for all of us that we ought to be extra, extra careful what we say, what comes out of our mouth. May we triple filter. I love to say it like that. May we triple filter each and every thing that comes out of our mouth. I'm just bulleting under the context section here. Just a quick bullet. Speech becomes the truest indicator of our spiritual state. I don't know about you gals, but I know with me that somebody can be claiming, let me just say it like this, someone can be claiming to walk with the, the Lord. They're, they're claiming that they're walking with the Lord in their day-to-day -day life, but their mouth shows everything otherwise not just vulgar speech but gossip and so many other things that the the word of god tells us we are not to stand in agreement with we are not to do those things ladies why did i want to cover this tonight because not only did it connect so well with last week but right now in 2023 we are in a number one I firmly believe we're in a spiritual war. We have been for a long time, but you are seeing things escalate. You are seeing things get more depraved. You are seeing people stand in agreement with um, depravity. So we as believers have got to understand these spiritual concepts from God's word about seasoning our speech and modeling our actions. I'm going to say that again seasoning our speech and modeling through our actions and emulating Jesus Christ to a lost and a broken and a hurting, hurting, hurting world. Before we dive into the focal passages, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew, and I have it marked, so give me a second to get there. Matthew chapter 12. And I did these out of order, but we're going to go ahead and go to verse 37. And I want you to hear what this says, okay? Verse 37 of Matthew chapter 12. For by your words, you will be acquitted. And by your words, you will be condemned. People, people watch our actions. They listen to hear our speech. They listen to hear how we speak what we speak. Is it good? Is it gracious? Is it kind? Is it salty speech? Salt used for taste, used for flavor, but also used for preservation. Is it salty speech? Or does it go against God's word? Because nothing will confuse. Listen to me close. Listen to me if you're distracted right now. Please listen to me. Nothing will confuse somebody who is, is, is uh, maybe interested in learning more about this Jesus that you proclaim. Nothing will confuse them more than when your actions and what you say do not line up. 
This, this is why we must. It is not a if, maybe, if you feel like it, if you're feeling up to it. This is not this type of call. It is a must. It is a, an absolute dire need that we as ladies who love Christ are out there in the world truly holding ourselves to a much higher standard. To a much higher standard. So it literally says, for by your words, you will be acquitted. And by your words, you will be condemned. Okay. And then if you back it up, just one verse, go backwards, one verse to Matthew 12, 36. It says, I will tell you on that day of judgment, people will have to account for every careless word they speak. It's something that I think about often. When I fail, when I slip, I won't be the person that sits here and says, I have it all together because none of us, if we're being real, has it all together. We all fail. We all fall short. But it is such an important message for us to not only triple filter, to hold ourselves to a higher standard, but to immerse in, to dive in, to saturate ourselves in daily in God's word, that it is no longer a mere option in our schedule, but it's an absolute, we must cling to it because we cannot be an effective witness for Christ apart from it, okay? We cannot. We cannot go out in the world and properly emulate Jesus. We can't evangelize. We can't disciple if we're not saturating ourselves in God's word. That's like saying you can go and you can graduate from college apart from opening one textbook. For us, God's word is, is life. This week, again, it's a continuation of the new man. It's literally a continuation of the new man. We, we, when we come to accept that precious gift of Jesus Christ, that old man, we put off that flesh nature. We put off that old self. We put on the new man. We put on these things. Part of this and what Paul was speaking about to the Colossians, part of these things extend to, and I want you to write it down. It's in the book. But if you don't have the book or if you do, write it down. Because I often say what we write, we retain. Paul was speaking of new man things, for lack of a better word, extending to number one, prayer. Prayer, our prayer life. Number two, walking in wisdom. And number three, the gracious speech, the gracious speech of believers. I'm reading some of the things that John MacArthur put in the book. I've added a lot this week as well that we're going to cover together. But just write down, jot it down, write it down. The four P's, the four letter P, like I'm wearing tonight, my last name. The four P's. In Colossians, and particularly in this chapter, he was talking about the speech of prayer. The speech of prayer, the first P, the speech of prayer. The speech of proclamation the speech of performance, and the speech of perfection, okay? Now, that should set the tone. What I want you to do later on, because I oftentimes, gals, when I do a study, if I'm doing any type of a study, 
not just my own studies, but I'm literally constantly in study. If I'm doing any form of a study, I may watch it because I'm, I'm a visual learner. I may listen to it because I'm also a very strong auditory learner. I may listen to it on a podcast. I may listen to it several times. And when I do that, I always pick up new things. I pick up additional um, passages. I reference and cross-reference passages. This isn't a one and done study gal. So I really want you this week as we study to consider going back, digesting it just a little bit slower and breaking it down with us. When you do that, I want you to go to Matthew chapter 12. And I want you to really unpack, highlight, oftentimes I'll highlight what the action items are because scripture's full of things that we are to do as believers to live God honoring lives, right? So just to give you an example, I'll go back and I'll highlight in, in a particular passage what the action items are. So here it said, for by your words, you will be acquitted. By your words, you will be condemned. I highlight by my words and I write. My words either point people to Christ or they point people away from Christ. Start to take these things and apply them in your day-to-day -day life. I want you to unpack Matthew 12 later in your study. Now, we're going to turn to page 88. I don't know if you gals can tell, but I'm trying so hard to slow it down tonight. So if I start picking up speed, I'm just warming up. So keys to the text on page 88. It says here to continue earnestly. The Greek word for continue means to be courageously persistent or to hold fast and not to let go to hold fast and not to let go. It refers to perseverance and prayer. Paul, in this passage, in, in this, this Colossians tonight, in Colossians 4, he's strongly calling believers to persist in prayer. True persistent prayer, ladies, is a heart posture. I'm going to talk about that later in the study. It's a heart posture. I'm reading from the CSB Bible tonight, and in my Bible, it uses the word devote, to devote oneself to prayer. Let me get there real quick so I can read it to you. Devote yourselves to prayer. Stay alert. Some versions say be, be vigilant. I mean, be vigilant. I'm sorry. Mine says devote yourselves to prayer and stay alert. The Greek word, ladies, for devote is afireno, A-F-I-E-R-O-N-O, afireno. It means to dedicate oneself, to dedicate oneself to prayer, to consecrate oneself, and to sanctify. We are to be completely and wholly and utterly dedicated to prayer in our lives. That's not just, Heavenly Father, thank you for this food, or I, Lord, I really want that car. Please make this work. Please, I want this or I want that. It's, it's not about our wants, ladies. Prayer is a heart posture, a dedicated, consecrated life to, to, to prayer, to a holy and a righteous God who knows every single detail of our lives. So the first thing that Paul was saying is that if you are going to be a new man, if you're putting on off the old and you're putting on the new, then you're going to be a man or woman. You're going to be a man of prayer. I often find myself throughout the day 
not just stopping and, and praying like this, because John MacArthur mentioned that in his study too. But I find myself talking to the Lord in each and every part of my day. For me to share my testimony or share my story or share maybe something, somebody I meet, I meet a lot of people, someone I meet is going through a hard time and I get to share with them a piece of my testimony or a piece of my story, right? It's bathed, completely and utterly bathed in prayer. I talk to the Lord constantly. Prayer can be completely and utterly giving him and each and every way, each and every day, each and every circumstance, giving him the glory and the honor. Giving him the glory and the honor. So now with Colossians chapter four, verses two through six, I wanna read this passage to you and we're gonna bullet out what we are to do in our prayer lives. It says, devote yourselves to prayer. That's a call to action. Highlight, devote, or continue in, whatever version you're using. Devote yourselves to prayer. Stay alert. That means be on guard, be watchful, know what's happening in your life, seize the opportunities. I don't wanna to say too much because I don't want to divulge who, but I'll tell you, I had someone in my home for a service. It was a service-based business and I needed a service. And this person and I just started engaging in just normal conversation. We found that we had similar testimonies and stories and I was able to share what the Lord has done in my life. I was able to share how he brought me through it. And this particular person was at a certain point in the journey, listen to me, they were at a certain point in the journey and I was over here, I was at this point, they were here. I was able to, to share how the Lord has brought me through, to share what he's done, to encourage them out of this particular place and on to the next step, urge them on to the next step in their faith walk. You can't do that apart from prayer, girls. You cannot do that apart from deep, fervent, intimate prayer. So literally devote yourselves to prayer. Stay alert. I was alert. In that moment, I knew there's an opportunity here. This service-based business is likely far more about this person, listen to me, and their heart and where they are and where God wants them to be than it is about my service. Because everything be done to the glory and honor of God. Everything be done in our lives. Placement, vocation, location. Write it down. Vocation, location. Your vocation, where God has you, your location. None of it is an accident, even if you don't like it. So literally, we're to stay alert in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray for us also, Paul was saying, pray for us that God may open a door for us to the word. I mean, to us for the word, to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. What a powerful, powerful, if you're really paying attention, that is a powerful verse right there. He's saying, he's saying for God to open a door for us, for the word, not for me, 
not for my cause, not for my issue. He was saying for God to open an opportunity for me to share the gospel, the good news, for me to share Christ, for which I am in chains, imprisoned, in chains. But yet he was still praying vehemently for an opportunity to share the word, to share the gospel. Ladies, wherever you are, that's the message. If you're in that cubicle with that person that you can't stand, if you're in a situation, maybe in your marriage, we are to devote ourselves in prayer and everything is to be done to the glory and to the honor of Christ. Okay, so then let's just read verse four because I don't want to skip that so that I may make it known as I should, so that I may make it known as I should. So in other words, he was saying, now listen, please pay attention if you're not. <laughs> listen to this. Paul was literally saying, make the opportunities, Lord, available for me to share your word, for me to share the gospel. And then in verse four, so that I may make it known as I should, so that I may effectively and clearly share the gospel with unbelievers, with people, that I may clearly and effectively share the gospel. Ladies, we cannot clearly and effectively share anything that we are not willing to make a study of. My husband, Dr. PND, drpnd.com, that's his, his business. He is a naturopath. I'm not plugging that for any reason other than to tell you he has made it his study to completely and utterly understand the human body, nutrition, ailments, and on and on and on. He had to study that. He had to immerse himself in that. Do you see where I'm going with this? It's something that we so often take so lightly. Paul was saying in verse four that I may make it clear, that I may stay alert, not miss the opportunities, that you would open those doors for me to proclaim the gospel, and I would proclaim it boldly, fearlessly, and clearly. Do you see that? And then in verse five, act wisely towards outsiders, making most of the time. Act wisely, call to action, underline it, circle it, highlight it, whatever works for you, do all of the above. Act wisely towards outsiders, making the most of the time. What that's saying is that there are ripe, luscious opportunities in our daily engagements with unbelievers, ladies. We are to act wisely towards outsiders. They're watching us. They're listening to us. What do our actions say? What is our speech like? In our prayer lives, the bullets from these passages, the bullet points, is in our prayer lives, we are to continue, write these down, we are to continue steadfastly, steadfastly. We are to pray always with all prayer and supplication. Again, that's not walking around praying, praying, praying all day out loud. It's it's a heart posture of prayer. I talk to the Lord all day. There, I can be in, a, in the middle of a situation that I can feel, okay, there's, there's, there's something happening in this situation, whatever it is, some engagement. I have several different things that I do. And while I'm talking to a person, I'm praying, Lord, be in the midst of this situation. Give me the words to bring glory and honor to you. If there's something I'm not comfortable with, I'm like, Lord, protect me. You go before me. I'm constantly talking to him. It is a heart posture. Pray always with all prayer and supplication. It is, a, it is a way of life for the new man. 
that we be engaged in prayer, dedicated specific prayer, maybe prayer over a meal, prayer over a person. Alex and I took hands and prayed over a friend that was having a surgery today. And in the moment I said, we need to stop and pray for this person. Not, hey, let's remember to pray for so-and-so and forget. I stopped and we took hands on the spot and we prayed. But then there's this constant heart posture of prayer where you just are giving glory and honor to God through every aspect of your life. And you're talking to him always and praying. Praying. Just as a way, a way of life. And it's not always prayer you can hear. There's a lot of those prayers I pray that people who are right in front of me can't hear. You see where I'm going with that? Okay. And the third point, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. That's an extension of what I just told you gals. Pray without ceasing. I'd like you to go ahead and turn to Ephesians chapter six, the armor up passage. Let's turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter six. And we're gonna go to verse 18. Give me just a moment. But I marked it and I didn't. So Ephesians chapter six, verse 18. And it says, pray at all times in the spirit with every prayer and request and stay alert with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. Pray for me, verse 19, that the message may be given to me when I open my mouth to make known the boldness and the mystery of the gospel. He's literally saying the same thing that we just reviewed in these passages. Pray at all times in the spirit with every prayer and request. Stay alert with all perseverance and intercession. So ladies, what is this teaching you about prayer? First off, this was the last verse in, in the armor up. We did an armor of God and it was not Priscilla's armor of God. It was armor of God that I wrote a, a while ago. And I went through the passages and we just really took it verse by verse and we unpacked it. And we covered the six pieces of armor that we as ladies who love Christ are to put on. But then that seventh piece of armor is that, that prayer piece, that vital piece to the new man that is by which all other pieces of armor go on. We seal it in prayer, right? That is of absolute, uh, absolute importance. Prayer is noted in this passage, ladies, as the method by which we put on all other armor. I'm not just speaking specifically to that. We are to pray at all times. Write down at all times or highlight it if you have your Bible open. Write down at all times. That call to action is a consistent heart posture. We are to consistently, as John MacArthur says, relate every experience in life to God. I love that. We're to relate every experience in life to God. You will never hear me share my testimony and not give glory and honor to God. I've been asked to speak at different places. And the first thing right out of the gate, I share Jesus. I cannot, it's physically impossible 
It would make every part of me literally sweat to try to share my story apart from sharing the message of Jesus Christ and his holiness and his righteousness and our dire need. My story apart from that is worthless. It's meaningless. But with Christ, but with Christ, I love that. We are consistently to relate every experience in life to God. There's not an iota of my testimony in which I will not tie it back and let you know how I saw the goodness and the glory of God, how I was that little girl in those broken places, abused in many cases, physically, emotionally, spiritually, sexually, all before 18, and how I saw God's redeeming love through each and every one of those moments when I had to give my child up for adoption, all of these things, those messages, those stories that I lived apart from Jesus Christ, everything in our lives should be given to the glory and honor of God, where I am today, what he's done today, how he's redeemed me today, how he's brought healing and restoration and wholeness. Ladies, he's done that for all of us. I don't have to know you personally to know that we serve a good God we all have a story. We all have something we've lived through. And he's done something. He's done something and he's currently working things out. At all times is a heart posture. Okay? Now, I'd like you to turn to question number one in the book, page 89. If you don't have the book, don't worry. I will read it to you. What specific instructions does Paul give about prayer? much of it we just covered, in verses two through four. We are to devote, write it down, devote, and then in parentheses, I want you to write this. We are to devote, and then in parentheses, dedicate, consecrate, and sanctify, in parentheses, ourselves to prayer. We are to stay alert, to continue earnestly in some translations. We are to be vigilant. Verse three, he prayed for that door to be opened. He was praying for opportunity. I love that. I love that. My husband and I, we, we pray together. We do devotions together. We have a very strong relationship. He and I are very close. I thank the Lord for that. But a big, big, big thing that he and I pray for is we pray for opportunities to share the gospel of Jesus. We pray for opportunities to share our story. And ladies, the Lord never ceases to amaze me and how he answers those prayers. He never ceases to amaze me and how he answers those prayers for opportunities to share him, not to share ourselves. The mystery of Christ in verse three, we're in Colossians chapter four, verse three. The mystery of Christ is the truth about the Messiah, hidden until now, but revealed for the first time to the saints of the New Testament. There are a lot of people today. Let's bring it because I say time, culture, context. Okay, we've done that. And now we're going to talk about right here, right now, 2023. There are a lot of people that are crying out for love. There are a lot of people that are crying out for some form of hope. There are people that don't know what they need, but we know, listen, I'm going somewhere with this. We know who they need. We know what they need because we know Christ himself. Are we looking at this as our mission field? 
to truly live as Christ has called us to live in the scriptures and to go out and to share, really share, not just fit in and mold in and be a chameleon and try to make everybody like you, but try to get into the hardest places with the people that see you and they're like, something is different. I know what she's lived through. I know what she's been through. I know the hurts. I know the pain. I know the story. How is she joyful? Ladies, this is the world we are living in. We are living in a ripe opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. But, but ladies, there's so much that we have to understand about this. We, I always tell, I always tell people, we cannot give something we don't have. We cannot give something that we don't have. If there's some knowledge, my husband, I give that example of, of Alex and his, his wellness and nutrition, and he's a naturopath, right? He could not give to his patients something that he does not have. We cannot give to unbelievers something that we ourselves don't have. We can't talk to other people about discipline in their, their lives. We can't talk to them about modeling discipline to their children. We can't talk to them about overcoming hurts and things if we are not going to God's word, saturating ourselves in it, being built up in it, rooted in it, putting on that new man daily. Ladies, you will fight your flesh. Paul talked about that. The old man, the new man. We're going to talk about this deeper tonight, much more in depth. But see, we cannot give to unbelievers like when we're out functioning in the world. We can't give these things if we're not staying rooted in God's word. We don't know scripture. We don't know the gospel. We don't know. I mean, we, we say we do, but when it comes down to it, do you? Oftentimes, no. Like they're finding now that people listen to me. They're finding that people are sitting in churches and the, the statistics are absolutely staggering, staggering of the large percentage of people who can't share the gospel because they don't really know how to. Not only is that a message of getting in God's word and being responsible ourselves, but that's a message of making sure you're in a home that is completely and utterly proclaiming the entirety of the gospel and, and making sure that you understand and know it. Not just a good motivational speech, not just a good hoorah, go out there and tackle this week. No, but truly and effectively making sure that you know how to go out and evangelize and disciple in this world. And we all, because some people are going to say this, well, not everybody's called to evangelize. Ladies, I'm about to go off. I haven't gone off all session. I'm very proud of myself, but I'm about to go off right now. We all have a responsibility to share the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. We all have a responsibility to know God's word, to know the gospel, the good news, to share the message of the Messiah, the anointed one, in our day-to-day -day interactions and conversation, as the Lord opens the door, as Paul said, as the Lord presents the opportunity. And then there's this boldness and courage. Why does it follow it up? Because we have to be bold and courageous and bathed in prayer to not back down, to not cower down, and to share the hope that we have, the hope of Jesus Christ, the hope of eternity spent with him. We all, whether it be too many or too one, we all have 
this vital, vital responsibility. So many people come to me all the time wanting to know what their purpose is, wanting to have this, this, this maybe encouragement of, of what their purpose is in the world. Ladies, there's no greater honor than to proclaim the name of Jesus. And it may be you sitting down helping somebody who's struggling in your workplace or in your home or in your homeschool group or wherever it is the Lord has put you. It's ripe opportunity. And it is holy. I always say that's holy ground to be able to proclaim the name of Jesus in everything. But if you are not being disciplined in your walk, listen. This is where we're going. It's going to be drilled in tonight. If you're not being disciplined in your walk, and if you're not being disciplined in your prayer life, you cannot give something you don't have. Number two, the question is what kind of speech did Paul regard as a duty? Verses three and four. What kind of speech did he regard as a duty? Tonight, I've not done this in a while, but I'm excited to do this. Tonight, this is a comment question. A comment question for you gals who are just jumping in. Maybe you don't know. If you're listening on Ladies Who Love Christ podcast and YouTube, I want to be sure to speak to you gals too. If you hear a comment question, that's an opportunity for you to engage. You can comment on the, on the YouTube page. You can just do it in your notes when you're doing your devotional to, to yourself. Answer this question. Because what I don't want to do is just give you all the answers. I want to see you gals engage. Engagement is huge here. So number two, we're using that comment question. Heather will write it out for us, I'm sure, because she's always on it. Um, but she, she will get that out there for you gals. That's a comment question. And if you're not comfortable, you don't have to answer it because this is a stress-free study. We're going to breeze right down to question number three in the book, page 90. If you're working from the book, if not, don't worry. Question number three, page 90. What verbal guidelines did Paul give for interacting with those who are on the outside? Now, in this verbiage, okay, he said outsiders. Let me go back to Colossians chapter four. Hang with me. Act wisely towards outsiders, making the most of time. Outsiders is unbelievers. So what did Paul give us? What are some action items that he gave us to interact with believers? If you are not using the book, I want you to write down my interaction with unbelievers and get ready to do some bullets. Number one, we are to live our lives in such a way that we establish credibility of the faith. We are to live our lives because people are gonna watch what we model they're going to listen to our speech. Is it seasoned speech or is it vulgar, raunchy, gossipy, rotten? Rotten's a good word. Is it rotten speech? These are what's, these things are what is going to establish credibility, our behaviors, how we live our life, our credibility of the faith, and that we make the most of every single opportunity. I want you to write this down. This is not in the book. We're going to cover a good chunk of meat here that's not in the book tonight, okay? Some points to write down. Number one, this means we live differently. Very basic, very simple. The new man. We have put off the old. We've been saved. We know Jesus Christ, that old man. 
It does not mean that we will not fight our flesh, but that old man, our old sinful ways, our old blasphemous ways, we put those off and we put on the new. It means that we live differently. Write it down. It means that we live differently. The evidence of our lives, ladies in Christ, is the fruit that we produce. The evidence of our lives in Jesus Christ. The evidence of our lives in Jesus Christ is the fruit we produce. You will bear fruit when you are staying connected. John 15, abide in me, remain in me, dwell in me. John 15, write it down. That's not even in the notes. We're going we're gonna to just give you some extra tidbits there to go and dive deep into scripture with. The evidence of our lives in Christ is the fruit that we produce as we stay connected to Christ. Our lives show that in the fruit that we produce. The second point, we must be led by the spirit and we must deny our flesh. Remember how I said, we're going to fight our flesh. It's not accept Christ as Lord over your life. And then you never have another struggle with the flesh again. No, in fact, many times things are going to ramp up. You're going to have to let old things die. You're going to have to let old habits go. You're going to have to have um, let, not have. You're going to have to let sins, maybe sins that people cannot see. You're going to have to let things die. Because the old man has to die. We have to be led by the spirit and we have to deny our flesh. We have to be led by the spirit. There's a due diligence there. There's an action item there. I'm all about discipline. I'm not the, I'll just tell you, I'm not the girl that you want to come to with a bazillion excuses because there's always something that we can do. There's due diligence in our, our faith walk. There's discipline in our faith walk. There's overcoming obstacles in our faith walk. Always, always. So we have to be led by the spirit. I want you to turn to Galatians chapter five. Galatians chapter five. And we're going to unpack several verses. We're gonna start with verse 16 and 17. Galatians chapter five. Verse 16 and 17, and here's what the scriptures say, because I don't want you to listen to what I say. I want you to listen to what God's word says, because every answer you need to everything in life, sweet ladies, is right here found in the word of God. Verse 16, I say then, walk by the spirit, and you will certainly not carry out the desire of the flesh. It literally says, if you walk by the spirit, you're not going to carry out the desire of the flesh. Verse 17, for the flesh desires what is against the spirit, the old man. The flesh desires what is against the spirit, and the spirit desires what is against the flesh, because they are opposed to each other. See where we're going here? They're opposed to each other, so that you don't do what you want. Verse 18, let's just go there. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Literally, the flesh and the spirit are opposed to one another. You have to choose. You have to choose this day whom you will serve. You have to choose what you're going to pick up and what you're going to lay down. 
You have to choose to be fervent in your prayer life. You have to choose to armor up every single day. You have to choose to fight for your family, to fight for your marriage, to fight for your children. You have to choose to fight for Christ in a world that rejects him, that blasphemies him, that makes fun of the word of God. You have to choose this day whom you will serve period, end of story. We are to walk with and emulate and model the gospel if we're not in it, if we're not saturated in it, if we're not making basic habits of discipline, if we're not praying in the spirit at all times, if we're not walking out life with God daily, I'm talking daily, not not hallelujah, I'm going to a retreat. Amen, sister. I'm so excited to see you for a great weekend. Is that fun? Is it great to commune with other believers? Yes, but I'm talking about on the hard days. I'm talking about on the days where nobody's around. I'm talking about on the days that aren't Sunday. You're not going to worship. I'm talking about those days, ladies, where it's just you in your home fighting a spiritual war. You must choose whom you will serve. You have to lay down your flesh. I have to lay down my flesh. Okay. We have to be led by the spirit daily. We have to be led by the spirit daily. Then, then after that, you're going to just skip down a few little passages. Give me one second, one second. Okay. I just killed a spider. Sorry, I just admitted that <laughs> on a live teaching, but I did. I smushed him. I don't like spiders, but I'm going to keep going. <laughs> I don't know why I have a spider in my office right now, by the way. Okay, so now we're going to skip down just a few passages to Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Remember what I said, a woman who is connected to Christ, a woman who is living her life completely and utterly sold out, devoted, consecrated, right? sanctified. A woman who is living like this is going to bear fruit. We're going to bear fruit. There's no way we cannot not bear fruit. And I'm talking about good, wholesome, healthy fruit. Let's read Galatians 5, 22. It says, but the fruit of the spirit, we're led by the spirit and the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, and self-control, something that this world does not have a lot of, self-control. The law is not against such things. Now, those who belong to Christ Jesus, listen to this, listen, verse 24, now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires, Verse 25, if we live by the spirit, let us also keep in step with the spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Conceit, envy, provoking one another, wanting what other people have, be it things or people. These are things that don't line up. These are things of the flesh. What Paul was telling these people is that the two don't mesh. You can't live in your flesh and then say you're living in the spirit. You cannot. We've got to literally lay our lives down as a devoted, consecrated sacrifice to God. Each and everything we go through, live through. It's all for the glory and honor of him. And, and 
the way that we act in our day-to-day -day lives, our behavior, how we hold ourselves when we're out, how we talk to people. Do we gossip? Do we not? These are the things. These are the things that show somebody who is keeping in step with, I like how it says that in Galatians, keeping in step with the spirit. <sighs> We're moving on to question number five. But before we do that, I wanna ask one more comment question. Number four in the book, it says, what does it mean to redeem the time? Colossians chapter four, verses two through six, that's our focal passage, read it. And the comment question, whether you wanna answer it live or on your own, is what does it mean to redeem the time? What does that mean? Now we're gonna go ahead and cover question number five together. We're doing great on time tonight. We're gonna to finish up on time. But question number five in the book, before we do that, before we do that, I want you to turn so we are prepared to Matthew chapter five. Verses 13 through 16. Now, question number five asks, according to Paul, what are the standards for Christians when it comes to general conversation? What are the standards for Christians when it comes to general conversation? Most particularly, General conversation with outsiders, also known as unbelievers, okay? So you guys just understand completely what we're talking about here. What are the standards? Well, go ahead and get ready to bullet it. Our speech should always be gracious. Our speech should always be gracious. That's a hard thing sometimes. When your flesh wants to act out, when your flesh wants to get the last word, when your flesh this, when your flesh that, the flesh and the spirit are opposed. They do not work together. You have to choose to keep in step with the spirit. Our speech should always be gracious, seasoned with salt. Write down salt flavors and salt prevents corruption. Back in the day, salt, I'm talking way back when, salt was a very precious commodity. It was how people preserved goods, preserved food. It was worth a lot. It's not like now where you have, I have so many different types of salt, good salt for my food. And it's, you just go to the store and buy it and it's, you know, how much salt costs. No, back then it was a method of preservation. It prevented corruption. What this passage is saying, what Paul is saying to us is your salty speech, your salty speech is going to prevent corruption. It is going to be gracious. It is going to draw people to want to know more about Jesus. But likewise, if you let your flesh, if you let your flesh have control, You refuse to submit to the spirit. You refuse to keep in step with the spirit. How are unbelievers, outsiders, as Paul called them, how are they going to come to really know 
to know the gospel because everything we do should be with that in mind. Let's turn to Matthew 5, chapter 5, verse 13 through 16. And I love how it's put. It's very simple. Very, very easy. It says here, verse 13, you are the salt of the earth. This isn't just speech. This is us as believers. When you question your purpose, listen to these passages. Because our purpose, our entire purpose is to bring glory and honor to Jesus Christ, King of kings and Lord of lords in everything we do. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt should lose its taste, how can it be made salty? It's no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. It's no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. Verse 14, you believers, you believers of the light of the world, a dark, dark, dark world, we're the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Verse 15, no one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lamp stand where it gives light for all who are in the house. Do you see this imagery? We are believers in Jesus Christ. We are to be the salt and the light. And that is in how we live, how we conduct ourselves, how we speak. Verse 16, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works. Listen, it doesn't end there. So that they may see your good works and give glory to your father in heaven. This is how important these passages are. This is how important these passages are. That we have salty speech and salty actions. That we go out in the world and we flavor and we prevent corruption and we're always gracious in our speech. We're always gracious with how we deal with people. We are to model, write this down. We are to model Jesus Christ in all we do. Ladies, again, very repetitively, how can we model Jesus if we're not studying the gospel? How can we model Jesus if we're just taking somebody else's account? How can we model Jesus if we're just listening to the latest reel or podcast and thinking it's that's it, that's all we need? You need, listen closely, you need to develop a discipline of studying God's word yourself and not just listening to other people's rendition of it. A lot of people would be prevented from going astray if they would spend time in God's word themselves and not just listen to other people's take on it. A lot of people. We cannot, ladies, listen to this. We cannot do these things on our own effort. We cannot do these things on our own fortitude. We cannot will ourselves enough to do these things. Absolutely not. Living a life that's pleasing to Christ and one that points others, others to him requires a daily sacrificing of oneself to the Holy Spirit. Just in case anyone is asleep on the other side of that screen, I'm going to say it again because I don't want you to miss it. I'm going to say it again for my gals on the podcast because I don't want you to miss it. Living a life that's pleasing to Christ and a life that points others to 
him requires a daily sacrificing of oneself to the Holy Spirit. Daily. A daily laying down of our flesh. A daily laying down of, I feel justified in this, but no, lay it down. Remember, very simply put, very basic, very easy. We cannot model, we cannot model what we do not live behind closed doors. Write it down. Yours truly, right there. Very basic. We cannot model what we don't live behind closed doors. So, all of Colossians chapter four, verses two through six, those rich, rich, rich verses, very short, but very rich. They're talking to how we as believers are to speak and act in this world to unbelievers. So now the how, the how. Listen, you can tell me the problem all day long and I don't care to hear the problem. You can tell me what's wrong in the world all day long and I don't care to hear just what's wrong in the world. We need to be aware. We need to be in the know, but I'm an applicable person. I want to know how. How do we fix the problem? How do we go out and make a difference? How do we do it? The first point, write it down. This is not in the book. We are to walk in wisdom. What Paul was saying to the church and the Colossians, what he was saying to the church in Colossae, he was saying to them, you are to be different. You're to put off the old, put on the new. You're to stay literally immersed in God's word so that you know the entirety of the gospel and you can from A to Z get that message across with clarity, the message of the gospel, because your message doesn't matter. It's the message of the gospel that people need. It's the message of Jesus Christ that saves. It's, it's the message of what he has done for us. It is not us. It is all him. So Paul was telling him that. And he said, and but, but, but above all, you must be diligent in prayer and you must season your speech and you must season how you act because they are watching and they're listening. We are to walk in wisdom. We are to walk in wisdom. To walk in wisdom, write this down, please, means to live in line with God's word. Very simple. It's so simple. To walk in wisdom means that we walk in line with God's word. I see church bodies, entire church bodies, dying, crumbling, or some of them are growing from lack of preaching the gospel and only preaching false doctrine and celebrityism and idolatry. That's for another day. But they're, they're, they're celebrating things which God's word calls sin. They're saying you can please your flesh and please God. Ladies, you cannot please your flesh and please a holy and a righteous God. You cannot do it. I know these aren't the fun, fluffy teachings that everybody gravitates towards. Everybody loves to hear, but I'm here to provide the real meat, the truth, the entirety of, and I'm doing it in love, I promise you, I get very emphatic when I'm teaching God's word because we're living in a world that's watering these things down. 
We're living in a world that says you can sin and still please God. You cannot sin and still please God. It's the very thing for which Jesus Christ went to the cross at Calvary for, to conquer sin and death. So the book of Proverbs contrasts the wise man with the fool. If you've never read Proverbs, start working through a proverb a day. It contrasts the wise man with the fool. We have to, as ladies who love Christ, we have to make a decision that we're going to live in line with God's word. <sighs> Number two, walking in wisdom begins with prayer. Walking in wisdom begins with prayer. A dedication to our prayer life. Both corporate prayer, but daily, intimate, private prayer, praying throughout the day, praying through situations. I promise you, ladies, the Lord is so good. He will never, he'll never withhold any good thing that is in line with his word. Listen to me. He'll never withhold any good thing that's in line with his word that brings glory and honor to him. Walking in wisdom begins with prayer. Before you try to witness to an unbeliever, before you try to witness to a lost and hurting world, go to God prayerfully, as he's the one who knows each detail. Paul knew this. Paul prayed, Lord, open a door for me. Open an opportunity for me to clearly and concisely share the gospel, the good news. So Paul got this. Paul wasn't like, hey, I'm going to run to the unbelievers. I'm prepared. He ran to God and said, open the door, open the way, help me, help me to have my speech seasoned and ready. Help me to make it clear and concise. Before you try to witness, you have to go to God in prayer. He's the one who directs our steps in witnessing. God is the one who directs our steps, ladies. Number three. We prepare, we literally prepare each situation that we go into with prayer. What, what does this mean? I used to have a business advisor. If you've been around, you've heard this. And he used to say to me, and I was in my early 20s when we started our business. Boy, there's a lot you need to learn, period, in your early 20s, much less running a business. And I'm so thankful for this guy. He used to say to me, Ashley, and it stuck with me in every avenue of my life, but most especially, I related it to my spiritual life with Christ. He used to say, you don't fire ready aim in business. You don't fire ready aim. You prepare. You don't fire ready aim before you want to go out and, and talk to unbelievers and share this hope you have. You prepare. You bathe yourself in prayer. You prepare yourself in prayer. You prepare yourself daily in God's word, saturated in his word. It's not fire-ready aim. You're going into it prepared. Specifically, with bringing our requests and people to him. There may be a situation in your life. It may be a situation in your marriage. It may be a situation with your child. It may be a situation with a coworker. It may be a situation in your home or with a friend. Whatever that situation is, have you prayed about this situation with the Lord? You can literally go directly to him. Have you prayed about that situation more than you've run to every other person and asked them for their thoughts, ideas, and intellect? 
because people are always ready to give that. And oftentimes it can lead you astray. We go to God first. Does not mean that you don't seek wise counsel. Does not mean that you don't have mentors. Please, because I always get, but this, but that. But you start out faith and prayer in God's word. This is your starting point. And then number four, how do we minister to unbelievers? Number four, we're almost done. We must make the most of every opportunity. Remember Ephesians 6, verse 18 and 19. We must make the most of every opportunity. That literally means that we are redeeming or buying up, redeeming the time. We're redeeming or buying up those opportunities. We're not letting them pass. When that said um, uh, service provider entered my home and I just started asking him questions about his life, his life, his family, his wife, his kids, his home, his upbringing. I took an active interest in this person. I do this all the time in everything. And then when he started to open up and I started to recognize the similarities, and then I started to see where he was on the map and where I was, and I was able to effectively witness and minister and encourage, right? This is what we are to do. We're to make the most of every opportunity. This particular person was a believer, but I'm talking about, and Paul was talking to unbelievers as they called outsiders. We have to make the most of those opportunities. If you're just flippantly, please listen and we're almost done, five minutes, literally five minutes. If you're just flippantly going through life, only concerned with yourself and not realizing that the ultimate purpose of our lives is to bring glory and honor to Christ. I just wrote it. I have a little like drawing pad on my refrigerator. So I write little notes all the time. And today I literally wrote, let Alex and I do everything. Let us do everything that brings glory and honor to Christ. And let us do nothing. Let us kill the flesh. Let us do nothing that does not bring glory and honor to Christ. So often we miss opportunities by rushing and by busyness. We miss opportunities to witness to unbelievers. We miss opportunities to witness to outsiders. We miss opportunities because we're so busy, in some cases, attacking and not getting bathed up in God's word so that we can share the truth of the hope that we have in the gospel. But we're so busy rushing and hurrying that all we see is our own little sphere, our own little bubble, our own little life. I've prayed to not live like that. I've literally prayed to the Lord, let me make the most of everything, be it a lawn service guy, an electrician, a house cleaning lady, me out with a cashier at the store. I don't care where I am, if it's an oil change, what I'm doing, let everything be done to the glory and to the honor of you to effectively witness to a lost and hurting world. Write it down. To effectively witness to a lost and hurting world. We have to be willing to slow down. We have to be willing to sometimes let our, our precious schedules be shaken up. 
We have to allow room in our schedules and room in our life for the Lord to say, that's what you thought you had planned today, but let me show you what I had planned. It may be a moment in time in which you slow down from your rushed, busy life and you provide hope to an outsider, to an unbeliever, as Paul called them, to come to know Jesus Christ. Holy, holy, holy ground. It is holy ground. It is the ultimate purpose. In a life where we search for purpose and meaning, there's no greater purpose and meaning than to bring glory and honor. Then we have to be hopeful and prayerful over those opportunities. Write it, hopeful and prayerful over these opportunities, over these open doors. Paul called them open doors. We're hopeful and we're prayerful. And then Paul was asking for prayers so that when God opened the door, this is where we're ending. This is where we're ending. Paul asked for prayers so that when God opened the door, he would boldly and fearlessly proclaim the gospel that he would have the strength, that he would have the words, that he would have the ability. So many of us don't share Christ because we're afraid. What if I don't do it right? What if I choke? What if I get nervous? What if, what if, what if? And meanwhile, the enemy really works on you to keep you from sharing the hope that you have. Ladies, we have to season, season like salt, our speech. And we have to talk with grace. Listen to this. We have to talk with grace to those that are outside of Jesus Christ. I look around today and I do understand that we are living in epic times of depravity. But I look around and I see so many self-proclaiming Christians that miss this. They miss it. They miss it. We are not to get in our own little bubbles and spheres, but we are to get rooted up, built up, abiding in and dwelling in Christ through his word, through discipline, through a study of the scriptures, through a, a heart sold out to him, through daily prayer, daily prayer, praying over the opportunities, praying over the open doors to share the gospel. And we are to speak with salty, salty speech that prevents corruption and adds a whole lot of flavor. That prevents corruption and adds a whole lot of flavor. Ladies, I'm so grateful that you joined us for this session. I pray that whatever that looks like in your life, that you use it as an opportunity to go before the King of Kings and Lord of Lords in prayer about where can you do better in your life? I've done this and I am doing this. Where can I do better? How can I speak more graciously? How can I love better? How can I be better? How can I emulate and model Jesus Christ daily? How can I seize the most of every opportunity? Every opportunity. I don't, I don't care if it's the package delivery man. Whatever it is, there's an opportunity there and the Lord will open those doors.
As you study his word, I pray that you go back to the passages, go back to Matthew 5, go back to Matthew 12, go back to Ephesians 6 and read about prayer and the armor of God. Go back to Colossians and read it again. Go back to these passages and really meditate upon the word of God and get with him in prayer daily. And you'll be, you'll be completely amazed at what he does. Lord, I thank you for what you did here today. I thank you for these beautiful women that made your word a priority. I'm well aware, Heavenly Father, that I don't tickle ears and sometimes I get emphatic. I talk to you about that a lot. <laughs> I pray to you about slowing down. I tried so hard to slow down. But Lord, one thing I'm certain of, that I am doing the very best that I can to bring glory and honor to you may not be what people always want to hear. But Heavenly Father, your word is enough. The gospel of Jesus Christ, Old Testament to New Genesis to Revelation is enough. What Jesus Christ did for us on that cross at Calvary, that's enough. You conquered sin and death. You sent us away through Jesus Christ where there was no other way. Lord, your word tells us that there is no way by which a man may, may be saved. There's no way but through Jesus Christ. There's no way to the Father but through the Son. We're living in a world full of people who are rejecting Christ. We're living in a world full of Christians who are afraid to speak up, who are afraid to get in their Bibles, who are afraid to really pray probably. I pray, Lord, that you touch the women that were here tonight, give them a fervor, give them a discipline, give them a diligence, give them an excitement to build her relationship with you, to get in your word, to study your truths, to open those doors, to open those opportunities so that when you present those moments, those precious, beautiful, so incredible moments, so many incredible moments in my life, when you present those to her, Lord, that she is ready, she's bold and she's ready to fearlessly proclaim the gospel, the good news, the only hope, for this sad, sad state we are in. Lord, I thank you for what you did tonight. May your word go forth into this world. May people call upon your name. May people bring glory and honor to you and not to themselves. May this ministry continue to proclaim the entirety, however many people leave. Lord, bring the people that are willing to hear because I'm willing to speak up on your behalf. Lord, I thank you for what you did tonight. It's in Jesus' beautiful and precious and holy, holy name I pray. Amen. All right, gals. Listen, I'm very proud of you. I'm going to go ahead and end. Ladies, if you tuned in on the podcast or YouTube this week, I get reminders every week to make sure that I send you off with a good well wish. So I'm grateful for you. I'm so happy you are here. Make sure you connect with us at ladieswholovechrist.com. If you have any questions, I'm always happy to answer them. So God bless you guys. And I hope you have a great, great uh, day.